Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, Episode 3. It's still fun. I'm Tyler, and I'm here with Matt. Tyler. Go, Matt. So good to be with you again. Um, we're oh. going to talk Bible translation today. Before we do that, I forgot one thing. Um, if you remember last week, you said that you thought you sounded arrogant in episode one. Yes. And I put out a call to our listeners, okay. the hundreds and thousands of them, okay. to respond if they thought you had been arrogant. All right. And I will have you know, I got one response in all caps that said, yes, Matt was super arrogant last week. It was insane. <laughs> but then it was quickly followed up by, no, I didn't think that for one second. <laughs> okay. We got, we did not get a single response that said that you were being arrogant last week. So I think you're in your head. Okay. Well, that could be. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, nevertheless, I am going to try to keep that um, arrogance level to a minimum. Okay. And so in that spirit, right into the conversation, we're going to talk about Bible translations today. Um, first, first though, uh, it's spelling bee season. Uh, Tyler, have you ever watched the spelling bee on ESPN? Yeah, when I was a kid, I did, like every year. Really? I thought it was so cool. Wow. So <clears throat> I have two dream jobs. One of them is to be a public address announcer, uh, like at football games. Okay. Okay. The other one would be to be the the spelling word pronunciation guy. The guy that gets to sit at the microphone and say what the words are and, right. read, and read the sentences. And I would want to make up my own sentences. Yeah. Okay. Don't you think that'd be a great job? For you, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I've never thought about that as a career path. I don't know that it's necessarily a career path. Um, weekend gig? I think it's a weekend gig, maybe a... Well, you have a weekend gig already. Strong. <laughs> It'd be a hobby. Um, anyway, it's spelling bee season, and I thought in the spirit of the season we should have um, our own two-person on-air spelling bee. Uh, it's not gonna follow the same format, but what I've done here is I've uh, chosen three words um, that I'm gonna have you spell. He, Tyler has not seen the words, um, but he did know this was gonna happen. As of like a half hour ago, okay. an hour ago. There you go. And I believe Tyler's chosen some words for me as well. I do. I did have one question. Yeah. So you just say the word and I have to spell it? Or can I ask questions about it? Like, can I make you use it in a sentence? You totally, I yeah. hope you make me use it in a sentence. <laughs> so I can let you live your dream. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so here's what I did. I chose one word that um, I think is pretty easy. And then I chose um, a medium difficulty word. And then I chose one that I think is pretty difficult. Okay. And so... Um, I'm going to give you those three words, and then um, if you would like to give me the three that you made up for me, uh, sure. we can do that. Are we that all good? three at once, or are we going to do one at a time? Why don't you? Yeah, actually, let's do that. Let's, oh, you let's, alternate? Let's, let's pepper like back. That. Let's alternate. Okay. I like that. Maybe truer to the actual format, and we'll see who goes out first. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> see, I don't know. I don't know what you were going to define as easy, medium, and hard, so I'm not sure if I was too easy or too hard with my words. Right. Right. I feel like I might have been easy. We'll let uh, we'll let our listeners decide. Um, do you consider yourself a good speller, Tyler? I would say yes. I mean, I would get out super early in the actual spelling bee, but mm -hmm. for like for a lay a lay person spelling words, I feel like I do fine. I don't know. <laughs> I loved English growing up. Well, 
that's too strong of a word. I didn't love English. I was able to do okay in English, so I didn't hate English. Nice. So would you consider yourself an above average speller for your age? When I was little, sure. I don't know what an average 23-year-old can do spelling-wise. Well, let's let's find out. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's find out. So here we go. Um, I'll start um, by asking Tyler the first word that I've got here. And um, by the way, there's no guarantee that I have spelled these words correctly on my paper. Can't um, wait to Google it. I, I think I have. But anyway, let's start with this one. This is a word that I put in the easy category. Tyler, your first word is speaker. Oh, could you use it in a sentence? Yes. The noise coming out of the speaker was um, overwhelming. Speaker. S-P-E-A-K-E-R. That's right. Speaker. That's right. I think. I did the right format, too. I yeah. said the word and then spelled it and said the word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very good. So the reason I chose that word is because that's a word that I really struggle with, even mm. though I would put it in the easy category. Um, Are you British? Do you spell R-E? No, I, I can never remember whether it's double E or E-A. I struggle <laughs> with that vowel combination. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, like sneaker, speaker. That's funny uh, based on my first word. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Are you ready for me? Okay. All right. Your first word is peak. Uh, could you use it in a sentence, please? Yeah. I hope that doing this podcast will pique the interest of our listeners. <laughs> uh, you, so you, you told, you did not text anyone in my family and ask about what difficult words would be for me. No, no, I, I Googled, okay. I Googled hard words to, well, I thought of peak <laughs> and then I Googled hard words to spell and picked a medium and a hard one from that list. I needed to I needed to stay under your five minutes of prep time rule. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Could I have the language of origin, please? I'm gonna guess French, but I'm gonna Google. Okay. I did not. I asked if we would do that, and then I didn't uh, peek. Think about it. And I do not have that for the words that I. Um, yeah, it's French. Up for you. French. Wow. Yep. That that was impressive. I would hope it's a hint. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. Okay, as in peak the interest. Peak. P E E K. Peak. <laughs> I guess I was meaner than I was trying to be. No, this is so the reason I was hoping you would ask, the reason I asked about language of origin and like sentences and all that is that it's P-I-Q-U-E. Oh. I chose the I chose the French version of it, like the fancy version of it. That's right. Because uh, I figured, well, because I didn't know that you don't like double letters. So I was like, if I do P-E-K, P-E-E-K, I mean, or P-E-A-K, that's going to be too easy. Oh, uh, you're so right. And I'm such a dunce. No, you're not, you're not a dunce. I just didn't know that that was your weakness. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, my, other, my other ones do not employ the... E, e or ea that turns your brain off uh okay so there you go folks i am i tyler has won the spelling bee but we're going to continue on <laughs> Nah, i don't got, i'm one for one you're oh for one okay you could still win okay there you go all right tyler your second word is squirrel Ooh. squirrel would you like me to use it in a sentence no i want the language of origin 
<laughs> I don't know if you have that though. The language of Orion is it is from uh, Native American derivation and through French into English. Wow. Weird that it's French as well. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to get this one. Um, I made that up, by the way. I know you did. Uh, squirrel. S Q U I R E L L. Squirrel. No. Ah. Ding. <clears throat> Two R's? Squirrel, yes, two R's. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L. Oh, okay, I just Squirrel. flipped it. Yes. My second guess would have been that it was both double letters, so I was going to be wrong regardless. Squirrel's hard. I think there's a lot of listeners out there uh, that are also struggling with that spell. Oh, man, I'm sad about that. I guess I'm not that good of a speller. <laughs> well, my second word for you is misspell. Ooh, miss, misspell. <clears throat> All right. M I S S P E L L misspell. That's correct. <sighs> All right. One, See, it's one, one to two to one to two. Okay. There we and go. I think that the uh, tiebreaker should be the harder words. So if anything, you're winning right now. Ah, okay. Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll take it. And here's the last word for Tyler. This is the one I was, I was trying to spell earlier today. How did I miss squirrel? I'm so sad. <laughs> I got in my head like you did with peak. Is it more embarrassing to misspell peak or squirrel? Squirrel. You think so? Yeah, 100%. I kind of feel like it's more embarrassing to misspell peak. Viewers, D DM me at Tyler or at pull votes Tyler on Instagram. What's more embarrassing, not spelling squirrel or peak? Because <laughs> I think it's going to be squirrel because peak has three different forms. Especially after you gave me the French clue. That <laughs> should true. that should have done it right there. All right. Anyway. Try to try to be unbiased. You're all DMing me and you all love Matt. So just try to be unbiased <laughs> if you can. <laughs> okay, Tyler, your third and final word is delusional. Oh. Delusional. Yeah. Delusional. I gotta do it slow so I don't upset myself. D E L U S I O N. A L delusional. That's right. You yeah. got it. I could not spell that word for the life of me <laughs> when I was trying to type it into my manuscript earlier today. I was, I was, I was at D I. I was totally <laughs> delusional. Delusional. D I L L U S I. No, I got the red line, the squiggly red line. Couldn't figure it out. Tyler, first try. That was awesome. I think you're, you're two out of three. You're probably winning the spelling bee. No, it if all you, comes down to the last. If you get this third word, you win because we said the tiebreaker is the harder words. <laughs> if I lose this, I'm gonna. If I lose this because I didn't spell squirrel, I'm gonna go out and buy a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, your third word for all the marbles, for all of the fake marbles that we're not giving each other, <laughs> is handkerchief. Oh, okay. Handkerchief. H a N D K E R C H I E F handkerchief. That's correct. Matt has won. <laughs> I thought there was no way you would spell that right. Uh, I guess we learned that um, we both have, it's not length that bothers us. It's like types of words. Yes. Cause for you, it's the, the double eared EA. And yeah. for me, it definitely is double letters. 
Like as soon as you spelled squirrel, as soon as I knew that I got it wrong and you spelled it correctly, I was like, how did I miss that? I know how to spell squirrel. But like in the moment I was convinced it was one R and two L's. Uh, now, are you a, a visual guy that it would have been easier if you were writing it down on a piece yeah, of paper? Yeah, I would have seen it yeah. and been able to tell. Okay. That's why I had to do, that's why, I mean, I knew immediately I could see the word delusional in my brain as soon as you said it, but I had to spell it slowly so that I didn't from my brain to my mouth mess something up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was good. Let's do that again sometime. I mean, we could, we could do a reoccurring, like maybe one word a week. We can't do three. I mean, this is like half the podcast doing this, but right. maybe one, we could do like the weekly spelling. Right. Try to, try to grow in our knowledge during this podcast. Continuing education. Yeah. I think that would be really helpful. Well, cause I'm continuing my education right now. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go get your doctorate. Day to day, day to day. Yeah. yeah I'm just a, I'm just a nurse right now. <clears throat> so um, the topic of the day, we uh, talked a little bit last time and wanted to get into this topic of um, Bible translations uh, can be an interesting topic, can also be a controversial topic, can't it? Have you ever run into um, some some controversy over Bible translations? I've got a few stories in my, a few anecdotes in my background, but how about well, you? I would, Matt, I would love if you would share with everyone about the video that you got me hooked on. Oh, like a week or okay. two ago, yeah. because I think it's relevant to this discussion. Okay. You think we, maybe we'd have some people that would want to go check it out. Yeah. Um, it's, perhaps. it's kind of, I think it's funny. Yeah. So when I was in seminary, um, our professor showed us a, a video. It's a, it's about a three hour. It's kind of a talk show format. Yeah, it's like two hours and 45 minutes or two hours and 50. It's really long. It's really long. Um, part of the, um, part of the draw for me is that it's, it's really old school. Um, this was filmed like probably early eighties, maybe. So the guys are <clears throat> about eight guys sitting in a room with huge glasses. I think it's nineties. Cause I heard them referencing something from 1994. Oh, so I think, okay. the, I think that group of Christians was just a little <laughs> slow on the nineties uh, culture. Okay. There you go. It looks like they're in the early eighties. It's actually mid nineties. Uh, anyway, it's, it's eight guys sitting in a room. Um, the guys on the one side of the room are advocates, um, are King James only advocates. So they hold the view that um, the King James version is um, the the word of God and everything else is not basically. Yep. And then on the, the other side of the room are representatives from um, Bible translations like the NIV, NASB, uh, the revised King James or the, the, the new King, King James. James. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the other side of the room. And then you've got another couple guys that are not associated with any translation. They're just kind of the experts. In just the geniuses. Yeah. One of them is the uh, guy who wrote the Greek book that I'm going through right now. Yes. Dan Wallace um, from Dallas seminary. Got to take a class from Dan Wallace, which was great. Um, anyway, they're sitting in a room and so they're just going back and forth. There's a host named John Ankerberg. So if you want to find it, you can find it out there on YouTube, the John Ankerberg show. Ankerberg, A-N-K-E-R-B-E-R-G, Ankerberg. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that because like me, probably a lot of people out there, Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. <clears throat> no, okay. So A-N-K-E-R, Ankerberg. Anyway, um, super enjoyable. If you're kind of geeky, can I put us both in the same category? Geeky oh, yeah. with Bible translations? Oh, yeah just a super fun debate on is the King James, the version of the Bible you need to be reading or are other translations um, also acceptable. Also acceptable. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're wondering like, 
man, how like, like how hardcore are they on this? Like, are they just gonna say like, oh, well this thing, no, they, they literally like King James supersedes the Greek in their minds. Like they are, they are all in on. So if you're like, they're very logically consistent. It's just very interesting to watch them debate with all the other translations. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I said, it's long, like two hours and 50 minutes, (laughs) but it's, I mean, I'm not done with it yet. I just watch it in segments. It's, it's, it's worth watching if you have time and are interested in nerding out about the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, yeah, you can watch it in segments like Tyler said, and it's more manageable. Um, So it's, it's probably worth mentioning though, that in, in this discussion we're having, there's um, not an intent to um, bash any particular translation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think there's value though in just talking about where each translation is strong and maybe where it's weak in the hopes that um, maybe that will be helpful to people who are asking questions about, well, which translation should I get? Is there a better one that I should be reading? Um, and asking questions like that. So maybe I'll just start and get your perspective on that, Tyler. If you had someone come up to you and ask, um, hey, uh, I'm gonna get a Bible, I'm gonna buy a new one. Maybe it's a parent asking for their youth, they're gonna get them a birthday present. Maybe it's someone else, maybe it's someone your age. They're just wanting to know, hey, which is the best Bible translation out there? What would your answer to that question be? Well, that was two different questions. Which Bible should okay. I get and which translation is the best? There you go. Yeah, fair, um, fair enough. Let's start with which is the best. What if you got a question that was that simple? Yeah. I mean, my answer to that, like which translation is the best? And it's actually changed in the last year or two. I think if you had asked me this at the beginning of starting graduate school, I would have said, oh, ESV. Like ESV is the best. Um, and that's... Um, English standard yeah, version. Yeah, the English standard version. Okay. I When I was growing up, I would have said it was NIV, the, the new international version. Um, I guess big reveal, my new answer to that question, which Bible translation is the best? It's uh, It depends on what you're using it for. Mm. Um, because when I was growing up, I would have said NIV because it was what I had always read and it just made the most sense to me. It was what I memorized all my Bible verses in. Mm-hmm. And then in college, I would have said ESV because... ESV and another one called NASB, New American Standard Bible. Those two specifically try really, really hard to make the English sound as much like the Greek as possible. So for me, like in college, I was like, oh, well, I want the version of the Bible that's the most like the Greek because the Greek's the original language. Therefore, this one must be the best. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament. In the, for the New Testament, right. yes, yep. because the Old Testament's Hebrew. But they do the same thing with the Old Testament. They want it to be mm-hmm. as close to the Hebrew as possible. Yeah. Um, but after taking, I mean, I'm studying Greek now and after taking a Greek class and studying Greek, like I've kind of, yeah, I've kind of thought about what does it mean for it to be the best? Because if you're using the Bible, like if, if my intent when I'm going to the Bible is to study for a lesson and prepare a lesson based on like, okay, what is, how do I get back to the Greek? How do I understand like the word choice? How do I understand the sentence structure of what the original author wrote? then yeah, ESV, NASB, no brainer. Like going back to the Greek is the real no brainer, you know? Mm -hmm. But if I'm, if I just woke up in the morning and I want to do my study time and I want to roll over and read a couple chapters of the Bible, it is not best for me to roll over and read NASB because the English is super wooden sometimes and hard to understand. It's way more beneficial for me to roll over and read NIV or it might even be more, be more beneficial for me to read like, okay, what is, what does the message say about this? You know, like what, what, and I'm, yeah. I'm honestly not an advocate of using the message as your main Bible a whole lot because the message's goal 
is to function like a very dynamic commentary, I mm -hmm. think. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Um, well, did you say dynamic commentary? Yeah. Yeah, you want to say more about that? Sure. Maybe commentary might not be the word I would choose, um, but um, I guess you could even just say dynamic translation. Sure. In terms of um, communicating thought for thought. Yep. So, you know, some, some translations communicate word for word, like New American Standard, looking at... English Standard. Yep, English Standard version. Um, look at the actual Greek word and then choose the word that's best translates that word in English or um, a word for word translation. Um, New International NIV and even the message to a larger degree are working on a different level and trying to translate thought for thought. So they'll take the entire thought in Greek and say not what's the best words that are most faithful to the original, but what can I write that will best communicate the thought behind the words? Yep. I mean, the way that I learned that was, I mean, the, the fancy word for what he's describing about the message is functional translation. And the goal of that is to look at what it's saying in Greek and then say the same thing in English for somebody who lives in 2021. Yeah, like, there you go. The, yeah. Yep. And so the example they give on the John Ankerberg show when they're talking about this issue, I think is great. Um, think it might be Luke 923. Can't remember. I know it's in Luke, but the example they give is the Greek actually says, let these words sink into your ears. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what the Greek says. Let that's, these what, words that's what English standard would probably say. It's what new American standard would probably say. It's probably what King James says. Yeah. Probably what King James says, let these words sink into your ears. Um, whereas someone who's translating thought for thought, like NIV or the message is going to say something like, listen very carefully right. because that's um, no one's talks like that anymore. Right. We don't say, let these words sink into yours. We say things like, listen, yeah. or listen to me very carefully. And to get back <laughs> and to get back to the question, then like, which of those is better. And that's yeah. why I would say that it's what you're using it for. Mm -hmm. um, if, if it's, you know, a mom or a dad who's like, what Bible do I get my eighth grader? I'm probably going to recommend NIV yeah, something something of that. I mean, NRSV, some, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a mom or a dad asking for their kid who's about to go to a Christian college, then ESV might be what they need at that point. You know, it might be more helpful for them as they start to study the Bible really yeah. deeply. Yeah. Um, I will say about NIV, we've talked about we've talked about word for word. Those are fancy word is formal, um, formal translations. Message is more like I said, functional translation. NIV claims to be right in the middle, so mm. I like to recommend NIV because I think it tries to do a bit of both. And I think it does it pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, my, if you're going to ask me which one is the best, I, it, I can't really answer that simply because it depends on what you're doing with it. What you're using it for yeah. and doing with it. Sure. Um, one feature that I like about um, the English standard version is that um, they will keep um, paragraphs of thought together. And so when I was growing up, um, NASB, New American Standard, was the version that I had for most of my life. Um, but the New American Standard breaks out each verse as like its own paragraph um, because they're interested in you seeing the one verse standing mm -hmm. alone. Um, so each new verse is a new paragraph, no matter if the author's thought is continuing or if he's shifting gears. 
but the ESV doesn't do that. They actually, um, when they can tell that it's one thought unit, like that would belong in a paragraph in a letter or any right. kind of writing, they'll hold that together as a paragraph without starting a new line. I, yeah, I think, a so, good, I think a good example of that, if, assuming I'm remembering it right, the beginning of Ephesians, um, mm, Paul mm -hmm. spends 11 verses mm -hmm. on, in Greek, it's one sentence. It's like the most run-on sentence you've ever seen of any run-on sentence. <laughs> and in NIV, and definitely in the message, and Good News Bible, like the more like mm -hmm. easy, easy to read ones, but like thought for thought ones, mm -hmm. uh, they break that up into multiple sentences, like three, four sentences. Mm -hmm. I can almost guarantee you in ESV, it's one sentence with a lot of commas. Yes, yes. No, I'm sure that you're right. And I'm looking at it in the NASB right now, and it is broken down into multiple sentences. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, that's just one of the features I like um, about the English standard. So mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel like when I'm thinking and talking about this, the only the only thing I have a tough time with when I'm talking about Bible translations is when people said this kind of betrays what I think of the King James only debate. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's it's tough for me when people say that the the English translation that they're using is the best translation and any other translation is like inferior or is not mm -hmm. as like mm -hmm. accurate mm -hmm. because I mean, you can judge translation by translation on their merits on what they were translating from. But at, like, as I've tr been trying to describe, like I think translations a lot of times are trying to do different things and they usually are peer reviewed and do what they're doing pretty well. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah that's, a, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, all of the translations have, um, issues. There is no perfect translation. Correct. And that's a really good point to keep in mind that you brought up. The only, the only perfect um, document is the original manuscript. Is the one Paul wrote or yeah. the one Mark wrote or the one Moses wrote. <laughs> exactly. That's the only perfect one that exists. All we have after that are copies of copies of copies of copies. And so um, the great benefit of having so many copies is that it's very easy most of the time to tell what errors were made right. in translation because Which, you can cross-check them against themselves. That might be something good to mention very clearly because I know when I was, I mean, this is speaking as a youth pastor, I know when I was in high school and middle school, it was a little scary to me the first time I heard that, that, oh, well, mm -hmm. the originals are the perfect ones, but we don't have the originals. Mm -hmm. So is the Bible we have correct? Like, is there, I mean, yeah. To, to make it even deeper, like you read the Bible sometimes and you see like, oh, why isn't that verse there? And you look at the bottom of the page and it's like, oh, this is what this verse says, but the earliest manuscripts don't have that verse. Mm -hmm. Like what, it, like what's up with that? thought mm -hmm. this Bible was supposed to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a little like worrisome for me when I started, like when I was in middle and high school and started to learn about this. But what's really helpful to know is that the reason we have those little like bits, the reason we, we, we can see, oh, the story is in the earliest manuscripts is mm -hmm because we have so many manuscripts. Like the the evidence, the, the like manuscript evidence that we, that we have for the Bible is like a hundred times more, a thousand times more than other works that were written around the same time. Yeah. And we don't doubt that those things say what we think they say. Right. So we can actually, I mean, we can be very, very confident that the Bible that we have is the Bible that was written mm -hmm. um, because there's so many copies that the the errors get noticed pretty quickly. Like we, we see like, oh, there's 4,950 manuscripts that have this translation. There's 50 that have this one. I wonder which one's the original. Exactly, because the great thing is that not all the errors, um, not all copies have errors in the same places. Right. 
So uh, we mentioned Dan Wallace earlier. One thing he talks about sometimes is a, an exercise he likes to do with his classes. He's a professor and um, what he'll do, and this will be helpful, I think, to helping our listeners understand how we can be so confident in the Bible that we have. But he'll do this exercise where he'll just write up a random paragraph. He, he has the perfect copy. He wrote it. There's only one perfect copy. And then he locks it away in a desk and he um, writes up tons of different copies of it with very small differences in, in different places. And he hands them out to his students. So each student has a copy of what he wrote with a very small difference. Okay. Right. And then what they have to do is cross check all those copies with each other. So now you've got 30 students all with looking different at copies. with different copies, but all the differences between theirs and Dan's are in different places. So you're cross-checking, you're looking, and, and he said every single time he's done that exercise, the class has been able to discover what the true original document was yeah. just through cross-checking. I did something similar growing so, up. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. very similar. Yeah. Excellent. So um, I think the end of all this is, yeah, I was going to say, we got, we got a minute left. This is probably for those of you listening, this has probably been our nerdiest podcast today. Yeah. We're only three episodes in, but <laughs> right. and my, my students, I know I've probably made all of these, told you all of this stuff multiple times before, but thanks for listening again. Love you guys. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say, Matt, to close it off? No, other than, um, we can have a great confidence in the translations of the Bible that we have. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the, the important point confidence in the translation that you have as being the word of God and just holding that idea loosely uh, that, or, you know, not being so set on your favorite translation that you rule out the translations that other people have as being right. lesser or not as helpful because they all have strengths and weaknesses. Do we have a teaser so, for next week? Um, I don't, to, have one. I don't either tune in next week and see. What You'll never guess what's coming next week. <laughs> Hear me get embarrassed by what word I can't spell. Oh, well. Have a good week, everybody. See you guys next week.